Howdy, folks. This is professional rodeo announcer Joe Coulter, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Save the Cowboy. But before we get started, I want to ask you one question. What is a cowboy? Well, a cowboy is about character, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And you know when you scratch all that in the dirt, you're going to spell out the word Christ. And that, in its simplest form, is what being a true cowboy is all about. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride for the Lord. And may God save the cowboy. So Friday, uh, we went and got the horses, and uh, we've got this uh, little colt that was uh, given to us. And uh, we haven't worked with him much, mainly because I, I can't stand trying to break a horse that's a pet. And so uh, <laughs> we were on our way over there. And of course, everybody knows about Fiona. Uh, we, we found Fiona in the septic tank. <laughs> Um, it took a while to find her. Um, we just saw her nostrils sticking up out of the little hole. She knew we were coming with a halter. And uh, the kids, we were on our way over there to get the, get the horses. And uh, the kids were placing bets. They were like, you're never going to get Fiona. I was like, I'm not going to get Fiona. Y'all are. And they're like, what? And I'm like, it'll be a good lesson learned. Um, be good for y'all. And but we've got this colt, and he's coming to year old. And we hadn't—I mean, he's halter broke, but we hadn't really messed with him or anything. And they're like, "Yeah, we'll get Fiona. We'll let you get that colt." I'm like, "It ain't gonna be no big deal." They're like, "Yeah, all right." And so the, uh, as we're driving along, I could hear them in the back. How many dirty words do you think Dad's gonna say before he gets that colt loaded? <laughs> of course, I just grinned, and uh, I had a plan. I didn't know what it was, but uh, I call it putting it in God's hands. And so uh, we had uh, we were keeping a horse for a friend of ours, and he's a pretty uh, pretty gentle horse because nobody rides him. He's like, I'll walk up to you, you gonna feed me? I know you ain't gonna do nothing else. And so when we got there, uh, Moon and the colt were up on the hill, and Ace and Fiona were down there. So I told them, I said, y'all get the feed, and y'all go. Chase Ace and Fiona around. Of course, you know, Ace ran about nine feet. <gasps> okay, put the halter on. And Fiona, she went and hid in the septic tank. And um, so anyway, they were down there chasing Fiona around. And I walked up there to Moon. Put the halter on him and everything. Gave him a little bit of grain. And I took him and I opened up the trailer. And the kids are down there. They're not watching the kids are down there, and I walked up in the trailer with Moon, tied him off, and then stood back, and the colt jumped in right after him, and I walked out. <laughs> Shut the gate, got in the truck, and turned the radio on, <laughs> and just sat there for eight hours. <laughs> Actually, it was just Riley chasing the horses around because... The kids and Christy aren't here. They're at the other house uh, getting stuff cleaned up and everything. So I'm going to say this about Griffin. He will kill me when he gets big enough to. <laughs> is it just my boy or is when something needs to be done, your kids have to poop too? <laughs> I promise you that boy don't poop unless I tell him to do something. <laughs> Griffin, go catch the horses. Okay. I look up. Where is Griffin? He had to poop. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> Christy will probably kill me for that one too. But 
anyway, I was sitting there, and they finally got Ace, and they, Dad, we can't catch Fiona. I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So they come walking up with Ace, and Riley's got this big grin on her face, and she was like, where's Moon and the Colt? I was like, in the trailer. She goes, no, really, where are they? Did they run off? I was like, no, they're in the trailer. She goes, are you serious? About that time Griffin comes out, that was the longest poop I've ever seen in my life. No, well, I, I mean, it wasn't like literally, but I mean, time-wise, time-wise. Y'all are gross. So uh, he comes out about that time, and I told him, I said, yeah, the Colt and Moon are in the trailer. He's like, uh-uh. So he climbs up on the deal, and there's the Colt standing there with the halter on, just standing in the trailer. He goes, how did you do that? I said, ancient Chinese secret. If you just laughed, we know how old you are. I heard it on the internet. I mean, I don't know anything about Calgon or anything like that. I did. I looked it up on YouTube. And so anyway, they're like, how did you do that? And I said, just a cowboy. And they're like, Dad, how did you do that? And so they started coming up with like these different, you know, I bet he did this and I bet he did that. And of course, when one of them would say it, the other one would be like, uh-uh, that couldn't be done. And, you know, I, it was just on and on and I just smiled. Finally, they were like, Dad, <laughs> nothing's worse than a dad with a secret, right? <laughs> I didn't rub it in or anything. <laughs> one day you'll be as cowboy as I am, Griffin. <laughs> Riley, you too. I want to be a cowboy. So I finally told them, I said, look, it really wasn't that hard. I said, y'all were thinking that we were going to have to rope him and pull him in and do all of this stuff. I said, I got the other horse and let him in and he followed. I said, it's not rocket science. I said, don't make something hard out of something that doesn't have to be. And they were like, they, it just blew their mind. But you know what? We do the same thing with Christianity. We make things so difficult, we're like, okay, we're going to turn our lives over to God and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and, and nothing ever works and we get frustrated and we chase horses around and our lives just become a wreck and then we blame God. We're like, where were you at? I've been, I wanted to be a Christian and nothing seeming to work. Don't make things any harder than they are. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus explains everything in one sentence. Now he adds a couple of more for clarification, but in Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 40, Jesus gives you the answer of what it takes to be a Christian. It's really not that hard. But the hard thing is, when you don't do this, nothing else works. Not a single thing. It doesn't matter how good you try to be. It doesn't matter how hard you work or what you think you believe. Nothing else will work if you don't get this one thing right. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. Now that's a paraphrased version in, in, a, in a Bible paraphrase called the message. But most people know it as love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. If you don't get that right, Nothing else is going to is going to matter. It's going to all be in vain. You're just going to be chasing uh, metaphoric. Did you see that? <laughs> I just used metaphoric. 
I don't even know what metaphoric means. <laughs> you're going to be chasing horses around and around and you're not going to do anything but be a winded, frustrated Christian if you don't learn what Jesus just got through saying. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the most important. But there is a second thing. Love others as well as yourself. These two commands are what all the law and what the prophets talked about. Or in the Simplified Cowboy Version, it says, Jesus says, love the boss with everything you got and everything you are. This is the first task and it is the most important. The second most important is to love other cowboys and cowgirls as you love yourself. Everything in the code and the writing of all of the great cowboys are based on these two tasks. It starts right there. We shouldn't make things any harder than what they need to be. If you don't get that right, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, it doesn't really matter what comes after it. It's going to lead to frustration. It's going to lead to worry, anxiety. You're going to wonder, why isn't everything that the Bible talks about, all these promises of peace and joy and happiness, how come they're not happening to me? You've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. But you might ask, why? Why can't I just be a good person and, and, and say that I love Jesus? Why isn't that good enough? Why do I have to do it with all, our, all my heart? And, and as the message said, all my passion and prayer and intelligence. Why do I have to do that? Why should we do that? Shouldn't Christians, uh, shouldn't we first just work real hard to clean ourselves up and that will bring us everything? It ain't going to happen. Unless you have the love of God in you and God has your love, you're not going to be able to clean yourself up. You're going to be going right down the, the same road you've always done in probably just a different pair of boots. Why shouldn't we just first work real hard to clean up our lives? Why, maybe we need to become a monk, shave our heads, and take a vow of silence, abstinence, and become mega prudes. Isn't that what Christians are? No, not at all. God, doesn't, God didn't say that. He didn't say, the most important thing is for you to shave your head and become a monk. He didn't say anything like that. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then allow that love to flow through you to other people. You want to know how a lot of people can't... I mean, they're just like, man, I understand about loving God and everything like that, but I hate everybody else. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? <laughs> it was mainly on this side, so I think... <laughs> <laughs> like a wedding. Here's the groom's family, and here's the... <laughs> this must be the rowdy side over here. If we do the wave or something like that... <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Nobody said tequila. So, <laughs> But how many times do you think that people have the misconception that the first thing that you have to do is quit having fun? You know what? I can't stand a Christian that doesn't know how to have fun. 
I mean, how many times have you seen those Christians, you know, the oh, holier than thou's, and boy, they would never do anything wrong, and God bless you, and blah, blah, blah. How many times have you known people that were just bawling and squalling, and I came to know Jesus because of that, that guy, and he was just no fun, and he was just miserable, and I just love that. <laughs> just want to take those people and hot shot them hard in Jesus name and then say that was from Jesus <laughs> don't be surprised if he's got one up there too but how many times do we think that instead of loving God first how many times do we think that the first thing that we have to do is learn like 600 Old Testament laws and try to abide by each and every one of them so that we can check them off our list. And, well, I got an 80 today on my commandment test. It ain't going to work like that. You're putting the cart before the horse. Better yet, you ain't even got a horse. You just got a cart and you're sitting up there thinking you're going somewhere and you're just parked. It's like getting on a horse that's tied to a hitching post. Well, I'm riding for God. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm up here. Does everybody see me? It ain't like that. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. None of those things. You ain't got to memorize a bunch of laws and live by them. Now, that doesn't mean that we can just run hog wild. That's not what it's saying. We should try to do the right thing in every instance. Not by a set of laws, but by showing the love that we have for God, showing it to others, and even if nobody's even around, we ought to do the right thing whether anybody's watching or not. That's called integrity. Character is what other people see. Integrity is what people don't see. People get those confused. None of those things are what we should do first. The first thing we need to do is put God first in every aspect of our lives. In other words, as the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. I have, you know, uh, three weeks ago, I talked about the kingdom of me. How we don't seek first the kingdom of God in a lot of instances. We seek first the kingdom of me. We don't care what God thinks. We judge the world on how we feel about a situation. Well, I don't like that, then it's wrong. Or, I'm in a bad mood, so everybody ought to be in a bad mood. Our lives are run, we are the center of the universe. <clears throat> but that's not the way it is. We need to seek first the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of me. Last week we talked about the kingdom of easy. Everybody is looking for an easy way out. They think that because you've come to know God that you're not going to have any problems, that all everything's going to magically disappear. You watch that televangelist, and he said that if you sent in your $25, that everything was going to be better planting that seed. And how come everything's not working out the way he said? Are you wrong or is God? Well, we're not going to admit that we're wrong, so it must be God's fault. We blame God for the things that go wrong in our lives. <clears throat> Whenever I worked on the San Pedro Ranch down in South Texas, my daddy came and saw me, brought my little brother. And I did pretty good the first day. They was going to come help me out. We was going to move some cattle and ride some horses. And uh, I, 
I think it was a success. I mean, I tried to take care of everybody. You know, we had made it nearly a hundred yards before I got my brother bucked off. I mean, it, you know, I mean, it's not quality, it's quantity, right? And so anyway, and I, I've told y'all before that, that we actually took siestas down there because it was so stinking hot. You know, we'd get up about, we'd start work about 4.30 or 5 in the morning, whatever we needed to do, and then around 10 or 11, we'd stop until about 3.30 or 4, and then we'd go back to work until dark or afterwards. So it was kind of like a split shift every day. And so that first day that we were there, I'm going to reveal something that not a lot of people know about me, and I know I'm going to... I know I'm going to get made fun of because it's not really that cowboy to be known as this. And I can already see Ty smiling and he's he just waiting. But not too many people know and I don't make it a habit of telling people this, but I am a gourmet cook. <laughs> Classically trained by Hamburger Helper. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I, I, I can doctor it up. I can cook the meanest beef stroganoff you have ever, ever tasted in your life. And so uh, when my dad walked in, I had two things. I had a freezer full of hamburger meat and a cabinet full of hamburger helper, and I had every flavor from beef stroganoff to three cheese lasagna, baby. And I could cook them. So we got in around 10.30 that day, and I drug out two packages of hamburger meat, and, and then I went to, to frying it up. Of course, it wasn't defrosted. There wasn't a such thing as microwaves on this ranch. And so I sit there and beat on it. and turn. <laughs> the higher you turn it up, the faster it cooks. I've learned that. But you've got to watch it. It'll catch on fire. I know that, too. I call it flame broiled. If you've never had flame-boiled hamburger helper, you don't know what you're missing. So anyway, I got cooked up and everything, and, and I still don't know what simmer means. Um, I, it says it on the directions. I just skipped that part. And so anyway, I cooked up a double portion of hamburger helper beef stroganoff because my daddy and my brother were there. And so we got our plates, and we dad asked where the green beans were. And I was like, you don't need green beans when you, need ham when you got hamburger helper, baby. Everything you need is right in there. It's in a box. It says so right on the deal. <laughs> so we ate our hamburger helper. That's all I had. I didn't, I didn't even know what green beans were back then. Did y'all know that gravy is a vegetable? <laughs> Somebody tried to convince me that that wasn't true the other day. It nearly turned into a fist fight. <laughs> that wasn't in the notes. And so, anyway, we got through eating our hamburger helper, and uh, Dad said, well, do you have a bowl or something to put in it uh, so we can put it in the refrigerator? And I said, do what? He said, well, we got some left over. We can eat it for supper. I said, well, that was a plan. That's what I do every day. He said, well, well do you have a lid so we can put it in the, freezer, or in the refrigerator? I said, no, just put a cover on it, and we'll turn the fire back on it when we get in this evening. He said, you're going to leave it out all day? And I was like, well, yeah. Warms up faster. If you put it in the refrigerator, it takes longer to warm up. Just leave it covered. Keep the flies off of it. It'll be all right. And he said, son, you're going to die. I said, well, I ain't dead yet. And he said, well, you need to pray over the food. I said, we don't pray over the food. We pray over the leftovers. And we did. God, we thank you for this food, but we're going to put our faith in you for these leftovers about eight hours from now. 
Keep all the bugs out of it. Today, I'm going to tell you the most profound thing that I think that I have ever realized, and I'm not joking right now, of what I learned about leftovers. See, God said to seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be given unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. So does God bless us seeking Him, or does He bless us after we seek Him? He blesses the leftovers. Hey, before you shut that knob off, let me tell you something. If you like today's program, we can all give a great big thank you to Western LLC. They're a turnkey development for oil and gas and aviation industries. You can get on the internet and visit them at westernllc.com. Also, Jim and Kelly Gerald at Integrity Auto Repair and Rod Denning at Tumbleweed Hay and Hauling. All of them out of Kiowa, Colorado. You ought to know by now that I ain't going to jerk your leg. <laughs> okay, maybe every once in a while, but this one ain't no story. This here's the truth. We need your help to stay on the air and keep this gospel being spread to cowboys and cowgirls like you. It ain't easy to ask, I promise you. We'll even tell all your friends that are listening that it's you that are bringing it to them. Help us out by going to SaveTheCowboy.com and contacting me. Call me and let's get this thing set up. Don't leave it to somebody else. Hey, this is Kevin. I'm glad you joined us today, but if... Don't miss next week in the conclusion to the leftover blessing, but until then, I'm going to leave you with a little bit of something I wrote a long time ago. Hope you enjoy it, and see you next week. I walked into my office downstairs to get some folders, and the first thing I saw was a nice big butt present that my daughter's dog had left me. I hollered for Riley and told her to clean it up. Little did I know at the time it was me that needed cleaning up. See, Sassy is a full-blood sister to my wife's dog, Ziggy. When we moved to Colorado, I gave away all my cow dogs, and we were only taking Ziggy. The day before we left, I accidentally ran over and killed him, and part of me died with him. I see Ziggy every day. He might have been my wife's dog, but he was my best friend. He's the one sitting with me on the back cover of my first book, which is the same as the picture on my personal Facebook page. My brother offered to give us Sassy so our new home wouldn't be lonely without a dog, and we agreed. She looks nearly identical to Ziggy, and it's hard to tell them apart except for their tails. Ziggy got his name from his deformed tail. We knew when we said we'd take Sassy that she was not Ziggy. She doesn't come when you call her, and she licks continuously. She'll do a drive-by lickings on my wife's leg, which sends Christy into orbit. She'll get in the trash and crap on the floor. When Riley walked into the office, I said, Clean your stupid dog's crap up. I'll never forget what she said. Dad, she's not stupid. I know she's not Ziggy, but she does the best that she can. I'm trying to work with her and teach her, but she's going to make mistakes. If I clean this up, will you just forgive her and not be mad at her? I don't always hear when God speaks to me, but I sure felt it when he slapped me on the back of the head. I'm sassy, and we all are. Sassy doesn't come when you call her, and we don't heed God's call. Sassy knows not to get in the trash, yet we get into things that we shouldn't every day. Sassy knows not to crap in the house, and we know we're not supposed to sin. I want Sassy to be as perfect as Ziggy was, and God wants us to be like his son. We might look just like Jesus on the outside, but we don't compare at all. We just walk around and crap in God's office when we sin, and Jesus cleans it up. Let's look at Riley's statement again, but this time imagine Jesus talking to his daddy. Dad, he's not stupid. I know Kevin is not me, but he does the best that he can. I'm trying to work with him and teach him, but he's going to make mistakes. If I clean this up, will you just forgive him and not be mad at him? When's the last time you were God-smacked? For Save the Cowboy, it's Pastor Kevin Weatherby.